let's get started today. We're not going to hold you long. But we're going back to the Old Testament, uh, what, uh, what is known one of the, the minor prophets, but they're not minor, uh, no way, shape, form, or fashion. They just, uh, they're, they are smaller books, and uh, they picked up that name, the minor prophets. Uh, but we're going to be going to the, uh, the book of Micah, uh, chapter 5 and verse 2. If you care to turn, if you don't have your Bible, you can look on the screen. It will be up on the screen. Micah 5 and 2, the first in a series of Christmas messages that we will be doing. This is what it reads. A lot of folks can uh, uh, quote this from my heart. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth hath been from of old, from everlasting. Fathers, we come today in the blessed name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you for what we have already experienced in our midst uh, today. And now, Lord, for the next few minutes, I'm asking for your touch and anointing as I attempt in my feeble way to minister the Word of God today. I pray, God, that hearts will be uh, encouraged and uplifted, and uh, just let us feast upon your Word for the next few minutes, and everything's accomplished. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you, and you can be seated. Uh, our prayers are uh, with uh, Cecilia this morning. Uh, her mother is in uh, the hospital, and they basically have uh, turned it over uh, to um, uh, uh, hospice care, and uh, uh, and uh, so they're trying to. Uh, uh, help her, and she is 87, is that right? Uh, God has blessed her with a good long life, and uh, but nevertheless, that don't make it easy for those of us. Hallelujah. So we want to continue to pray and, uh, and for God to bless in that situation and to help. Amen. There's still all power in the Lord. Amen. I've known people to come out of hospice healed. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I'm glad to know that God always has the final say so the doctors don't. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. But um, we are praying uh, for them today. I'm going to be speaking today on a subject titled Bethlehem's Bread. Bethlehem's Bread. Some 700 years before the birth of Christ, during the reign of King Ahaz and King Hezekiah, uh, God rose up a prophet by the name of Micah to speak to his people. One of his prophetic words was related to the birth of Jesus, the coming king. Now the prophecy actually named the city where Christ would be born. Now this scripture that we read uh, today, think about that. Amen. God used a prophet, and he spoke this about the coming king uh, some 700 years before Jesus was born. 
and even told the name of the town that he was going to be born in. When the wise men arrived in Jerusalem looking for the Christ child, King Herod had the scribes to search the Old Testament scrolls to find the place where the prophecy said Christ would be born. And we find in Matthew chapter 2, the first six verses, I'm going to read them quickly. Uh, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Um, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and that's the scripture that we just got through reading as an opening text, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art thou not least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. You see, God had set a plan in motion and nothing. Look at your neighbor and tell him nothing. Nothing could thwart the purpose of God. Hallelujah. That's good. I, I, I love that. Hallelujah. When God says something is going to happen and when something is going to come to pass, I, hallelujah, there is nothing or nobody going to do anything about it. Satan may try to intervene and disrupt, but when the word says it, it will come to pass. Well, I got a word for somebody right now. The devil's been lying to you and saying, what do you have been thinking that God is going to do in your life? It's not going to never happen, but I'm going to tell you something. If God's got a purpose in your life, it shall come to pass, and the devil's not going to be able to do nothing about it. Woo, give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm here to tell you today, when God said that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem, there was no chance that Jesus would ever be born in Galilee, Jericho. Come on. Hallelujah. Capernaum. When God said he was going to be in Bethlehem, you count on it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people today you cannot count on what they say. Especially in Washington. No matter if it's donkey or elephant. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise the Lord. But when Jesus says something, when the Word speaks it, I've heard people say, well, Brother, Brother Pruitt, I would, I would try to live for the Lord. I would come to Christ, but you don't understand, I've been involved in so much. I, I've been guilty of so many things. I just don't think, I just don't think, amen, that the Lord would ever receive me. But the word, 
the word is already said. Whosoever comes to him, he would in no wise cast out. Hallelujah. So if you sincere and you come to the Lord begging for mercy today and forgiveness, it don't matter where you at, what you've been and what you've done. The blood of Jesus. If there were some limitations on that, this place would be empty this morning. Hallelujah. There'd be very few of us, if any, and there wouldn't be none of us really would have had a chance if it wasn't for the grace of God. Hallelujah. So when God says something, you can take it to the bank. You can count on it. So when Jesus said the Lord was going to be born, uh, when God said... Amen, that Jesus, the Savior, was going to be born in Bethlehem. There was no way Christ could be born anywhere else. And since Joseph, now it's going to get tight now, hallelujah. And since Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth, God made Julius Caesar, not Julius Caesar, but Caesar Augustus, feel like it was time for a tax hike. Next time your taxes go up, God may have a hand in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Augustus, Augustus says, well, everybody should go back to their hometown, the place of their lineage where their family come, so everybody can get rescued. We're going to have a tax hike. And so that was necessary because they had to get out of where they was at to get to Bethlehem. Because that's where the prophecy said that Christ was going to be born. But listen, folks. God didn't choose Bethlehem among all the other cities uh, uh, in, in, in Israel just like uh, drawing straws. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it was what Bethlehem was known for which set that small hamlet apart for the birth of the Savior. Hallelujah. It wasn't just by chance. You see, now follow me this morning. This is, this is something that the Lord really spoke in my spirit. Bethlehem. Now, if you look that word up, go to your Strong's and look it up, not in the, not in the Greek, but in the Hebrew, the Hebrew origin of the word Bethlehem, it means house of bread. The name Bethlehem means house of bread. So it was more than just coincidence that Bethlehem was chosen. It wasn't the size of the city. It wasn't the people that was in it. It wasn't the convenience of the town. But it was the house of bread bringing forth the true bread that was going to come. The Lord Jesus Christ. Give him praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He was a true bread. Can somebody say amen? John chapter 6 and verse 33 says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bethlehem was known as a house of bread.
bread. And it had to be Bethlehem. For the bread from heaven was going to come. That was going to feed the world. Hallelujah. Church, this is Bethlehem's bread. And there's three things about Bethlehem's bread that I want to share with you today just briefly. Hallelujah. The bread of Bethlehem satisfies, it sustains, and it secures. Hallelujah. It satisfies, it sustains, and secures. Let's talk about the, the bread that satisfies first. Bread that satisfies. Hallelujah. I'm glad that Jesus Christ, amen, came to fill a longing in the heart of all men. Everything that people run after today in the world, amen, they're looking for something, amen, for, uh, that will satisfy them. But they keep going further and further in the world because nothing that they do, nothing that they try can bring that true satisfaction. Everybody was born with a place in their heart, amen, a shape that was cut that only Jesus, amen, can fit into. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul today. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 2. Let's see what he says. Wherefore do you, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And you labor for that which satisfies not my, my, my. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Glory to God. I've done that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm just obeying the word, brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> Church, our whole life, we search for gratification happiness, and contentment. But the problem is we search in all the wrong places. Hallelujah. What's, what's that old country song, searching for love in all the wrong places? Some of you have been there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to tell about it, but you know you've been there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, people search for all these things in the wrong places. Listen, church, we spend money time, energy, seeking to fill the emptiness and void that's in our life. And we end up wasting our money, wasting our health, and our total life on things that is not true bread. Things which never bring real satisfaction and contentment. Only a temporary high which drop us like a hot potato. Hallelujah, when things get to going bad. Somebody say amen. How many times has the devil lured us, amen, with alcohol or drug or illicit sex or whatever it may be, saying, come on to the good side. We're going to have a good time. But there's nothing good about that in the world. Hallelujah. It will destroy your life, your body, and one day your soul. Amen. There's nothing in the world that can give you what Jesus can give you. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me tell you something and show you something that the wisest man who ever lived wrote. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 17. Therefore, I hated life. Think about that. Now, this is a man. Amen. This man, he got, he got it all. All the wealth, all the wisdom. Amen. Nobody ever achieved like Solomon did. <laughs> but he's talking about a time right now. There was a time in his life, he said, I hated life. Sadly, there's a lot of people in that place right now. I enjoy the holidays, but there's something sad about the holidays because I have been told that there's more suicide during the holidays than the other time of the year. People begin to get depressed and they get to where they hate life. What brings somebody to the place to where they hate life? Solomon said, therefore, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. <coughs> Think about it. Solomon threw a stage in his life for he looked in other places than the house of bread to find satisfaction, and he found it all to be vanity and vexation. Don't think money can bring you happiness. Solomon had all he ever could want, but he said, I hated life. <coughs> Amen. Lord of mercy, he had, let, let me, I, I have you know, things that I used to could remember. I guess I'm getting a little bit older. <laughs> A little bit, mind you, uh, but um, let's see. Um, Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Ain't no wonder he hated life. <laughs> oh. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anyhow, praise the Lord. That just lets you know that Solomon reached out to grab everything that he could grab. Looking, Brother Bobby, to be happy and to have gratification. But he said all of it was vanity and vexation of spirit. He looked everywhere but the house of bread to find it, and it caused him ending up hating life. I want to tell you something this morning. Life is not the problem. Life is not your problem. Hallelujah. Somebody said, oh, man, <coughs> the world is evil. No, it ain't the world. My Bible tells me God created the world looked at it and said it's good. It's the people in it and things that's going on in it. Hallelujah. Amen. Life is not the problem. The problem is us wasting it on frivolous pursuits, leaving us nothing but an empty shell when all is said and done. That is where the problem is. You've been running around wasting your life on frivolous things 
that's on Mount to a hill of beans. It's time that you wise up and start running after Jesus. Hallelujah. It's time that you wise up and start reaching out to a Savior who loved you so much he thought you was to die for. Amen. Next, next time the devil gets, to, when you get you down, he says you're no good and you're not worth nothing. Just tell the devil Jesus thought I was to die for you because he did. He is the bread that satisfies. I got to move on. Number two, let's talk about the bread that sustains. Hallelujah. The bread that sustains. John six. 48 through 51. Jesus says, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Hallelujah. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. Oh, glory. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. That's bread that sustains today. Listen. Bread is known as a staff of life. Amen. When we talk about just natural bread. Bread is known as a staff of life because it nourishes and sustains you. <coughs> but I'm going to tell you something. That is your physical body. When we start talking about the real you, the real use, what's inside you. Now, you've heard this old preacher say before, and it's true. Unless the rapture takes place, which is very possible, it could be very soon the way things are going. But if the Lord calls me on and I go by the way of the grave, and they roll out that box right here and put it in front of here, and I'm, and, and I, I'm laid out, you walk by to pay your last respects. Don't you dare look at them and say, there lies Brother Sammy. Because Brother Sammy's not there. That's only the house that Brother Sammy lived in. Hallelujah. Because I know, Pastor Paul said, if this tabernacle be dissolved, I have a building of God not made by hand. Glory to God. That's going to come a day I'm going to have a glorified body. And I ain't going to need no glasses. I ain't going to walk with a lip because I've got some bone spurs on my heel. I ain't going to have to deal with diabetes. I'm not going to have to deal with high blood pressure. Lord and God. When my body is laid out in that casket, I'm not there. I'm going to be gone. One time, just like somebody goes out and has them a brand new home built, and you move into that brand new home, everything's nice. Hallelujah. There was a time this old house, amen, didn't give me a lot of trouble. 
Hallelujah. But I've been living in it now for 63 years. And like that song, this old house I'm living in is needing repair. The windows and the shutters. I used to not never get cold. My, I, I heard my daddy and a lot of the, the, uh, the older folks when I was in my 20s talk about having their feet cold and all that stuff. And I didn't, I couldn't imagine what they was talking about. Guess what? I know what they're talking about now. Amen. Well, my dad used to talk about arthritis. Hallelujah. I didn't know what in the world he was talking about. But guess what? I've been introduced to old Arthur. Me and him don't get along very good. I know we're supposed to love everybody, but I have a hate problem with Arthur. Don't hold that against me, Lord. Hallelujah. But me and Arthur, now this is going to go like this over some of you youngers, but me and old Arthur just don't G-haw. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? G-haw. How many understand the phrase jihad? Just let me, all right, we got a few. Thank God I'm not lonesome, hallelujah. Glory to God. Bread is the staff of life, but when it comes to the soul, nothing else can sustain your soul like Bethlehem's bread. It has the real nourishment your soul needs to survive and have eternal life. <coughs> Listen to me now. Somebody a while ago mentioned, mentioned some uh, TV preachers and radio, and I mean, you know, they're, they're, I hear some good things there. I'm, I, I can't, I can't, I can't down them all, but man, there are some. They, well, let me put it this way: there's two kind of preachers that makes me want to preach: good preachers and bad preachers. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing can satisfy your soul like Bethlehem, Bethlehem's bread. Cotton candy is good for a fast treat when the carnival comes in town. But you try to live on cotton candy and see how far you go. Hallelujah. Cotton candy may be good. and I'm, It's sad, but there's a lot of people when are going to church today, all they get from behind the pulpit is cotton candy. Hallelujah. Sometimes I know folks get upset with me, and I'm, I'm sorry, and I don't want that. I don't, desire, I don't desire that. But the day comes that I get behind this desk, and all I got to offer you is cotton candy will be the day that I'll lay the book down and do something else. Because you know what? Cotton candy, spiritually speaking, it's not going to carry you nowhere. <laughs> Just like in the natural realm, Cotton candy may be good when the carnival comes to town, but you can't survive on it. Hallelujah. We try, we try the same thing by using worldly pleasure and carnal lust to nourish and sustain us instead of the bread from heaven. My, my Lord. We try the pleasures of the world. Mm, my, my. I've heard some people say, well, there ain't no pleasure in the world. That's a lie. 
If there wasn't no pleasure in the world, how come you having such a hard time getting a shed of it? See what Hebrews says, chapter 11, verse 24 through 26. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the what? Pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. Hallelujah. Amen. The pleasures of sin is only for a season. Hallelujah. <coughs> I've had kin folks. I had an uncle. Amen. That just couldn't lay down that bottle. And he left this life just about 40, 41 year old and his liver was like a rock. Amen. But there was a time that he enjoyed that drink. It brought him momentary pleasure, but inside it was eating him alive. And everything the devil has to offer you. The thing today is, is drugs. Listen, I drive a school bus beside pastors of church. And, man, I'm going to tell you some of the things that I see. Man, if a lot of parents know what was going on with the kids, it would tear. Because I know that I've been there. Because there are times when they get in trouble and you have to have a meeting with them and, 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 and the school officials. Oh, no, no, not my Mary. No, not my John. Bus driver, you just mad at my child. You don't like my child. My child would never do nothing like that. You pull out the videotape that's on the bus and play it, and the jaw, jaw drops to the ground. <coughs> I'll pull the bus up to a bus stop. Kids who are in the fifth grade sitting, standing at the bus stop, smoking the weed so strong that when I pull up and open the bus door, that stuff comes up those steps and almost takes me on a trip. <laughs> hey, if you ever, oh, that ain't marijuana, Mr. Buster. Let me tell you something. If you ever smell it, you know what it smells like. Hallelujah. Don't try to fool me. It's like my first rodeo. Fifth graders. Fifth graders. Leaving the house but before they between the house and before they get to school. So high it's unreal. <laughs> and then to think. And to think these nimwits in Congress and some mayors across the, this country trying to legalize that crap for everybody. Yeah, the devil's got a hold on this old world, that's for sure. 
It will start out with the weed, but it's going to end with something a whole lot stronger. Hallelujah. It's going to end up with marks on the arms from the vein, in the veins. Hallelujah. Let me, I, I got to move on. Hallelujah. There is pleasure in sin, but it's only a uh, pleasure in the world, but it's only for a season. The final thing, bread that secures. John 6, go back to 6th chapter of John again, verse 38 this time. For I am come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. My, my, that's security. That's security. John six fifty three and 54. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you've got no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Glory! We live in a security-conscious world. Churches are talking about security. We've had meetings here with the men. We're working on plans right now so people can be more safe. I mean, uh, when, they, when, they come, uh, when you come to church, we live in a security-conscious world. Surveillance of every kind covers our cities and town like a blanket. Big brothers watching everywhere. Hallelujah. People desire to be and feel secure so much um, so that they are willing to give up personal liberties just to feel safer. Amen. I mean, since 9-11, we have lost a lot of freedom that we once had just because people want to feel safer when they get on a plane. Everybody's thinking about security. Hallelujah. <coughs> I've been told and I have found out recently and know that there are some pastors, amen, who carries concealed weapons even to church and they stand behind the desk and they got one. Well, I want to tell you something that's more secure than that. And that's getting some of this Bethlehem bread. Because it's bread that secures. Jesus says, amen, I read, let me read it one more time. It says that all which God, or he hath given me, God the Father, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. Bethlehem's bread offers security like none other could begin to imagine. Jesus promised that he would lose none of those who have been given to him. Even death can't take us from Jesus. Be present with the Lord. Final scriptures, John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That's bread that secures. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Hallelujah. Verse 30, I and my Father are one. My, my. Just last week, I heard some carrying on in the back of the bus. 
arguing back and forth. Finally, one spoke up and said, you better leave me alone or I'm going to tell my daddy I need you. Sister Darlene tells me the same thing sometimes. When I get on her case, she says, I'm going to tell daddy on you. Hallelujah. I'm a, <coughs> you know, I've heard people make the statement saying, well, I got friends in low places. They even got a song that sings that, well, I got friends in low places. Somebody told me that one time, and it just hit me and stirred me, and I said, well, I've got friends in high places, and I'll bet my friends in high places against your people in low places at any time. Stand to your feet. 